Welcome back to the Card Pool. I'm your host, Stu. And I'm Kyle. And in lieu of the Halloween moon passing us by, it's time to reflect on the shadow it left. And to, for that, we're looking at the hidden gems we found in the dark. The dark. Now, this Ooh. is an awesome set. People have looked into this set for obvious reasons of reserveless cards. But for the thing that we are looking for are the non-top 10 cards that we think should be noted. Indeed, this is part one of our Hidden Gems segment where we look at some of the under-the-radar picks of the set. So without further ado, let's get right into it and explore those shadows. I right, thank you, Kyle, and I will start off with my first one being at number 10. It is a card called Ashes to Ashes and Dust to Dust. Now, it is a sorcery that costs three mana, one generic, and double black. Now, these cards do have an old style of text on them, so we will be also reading the Oracle for ones that are utter nonsense. <laughs> but for this one, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, this card here, when you cast it, you exile two target non-artifact creatures from the game. And when you do that, you then take five damage. Or it deals five damage to you. So, what is so great about this card? It's spot removal in black, which black has a ton of it, but this is exile removal, which is very powerful, but it works for two targets, so it's not just a one for one. Also, you aren't limited to targeting just one player with this card. You can go ahead and play this exile problem with player A and exile problem permanent on Kyle's board, because there's always tons of those there. Now, that is true, because, you know, I'm just great like that, but... <laughs> Thank you. So I mean, one of this is one of my this is one of my pet cards in Commander, along with Reckless Spite, because there's kind of and it, you can kind of debate which one is better. Oh, because Reckless Spite does the same thing basically as this. However, it's at instant speed, but it only destroys things that aren't black. Whereas Ashes to Ashes is at sorcery speed, and it can exile things that are black but are not artifacts, which the other thing can actually it's, kill. So, which is better, yeah. I don't know. Normally, I would lean on the side of an instant always being better. However, exiling two things is pretty good. Yeah, black has a whole bunch of stuff like Doomblade effects where it's like, as long as this isn't black, you can kill it. Mm -hmm. This is one of the few cards that kind of get around it, but usually a lot of them say black and not an artifact. Yeah. So it, they're always kind of tagged to one of those kind of things, except for like the newer stuff where we see with like a Veraska's Contempt and stuff like yeah. that. So it's really a trade-off, but honestly, three mana, get rid of two problems, five life is a very small price to pay no matter which card you're playing, honestly. Oh, totally. And this card, I actually didn't know really much about it until I built a uh, Hirobi Death's Whale deck, and I was like, mm. oh yeah, this is great because I don't even have to pay the five life and it kills the two creatures That's with, true. with yeah. this commander on the field. So you can somehow get great pieces with this. Also, I will note, the same thing with Reckless Spite. Black gets tons of cards where they get two copies of it, essentially. And this is just another example of one of those. But moving Very on true. to Kyle's number 10. All right. Well, I'm going to start off slow here. I'll promise that things will get more interesting. But I wanted to bring this one up first. Number 10 on my list is Skull of Corn. Boring. Eh, sort of. But this one is an artifact that costs three mana to play. And its ability is to tap five and tap itself. Return target enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. Like I said, very straightforward, not really incredibly mana efficient or just efficient in general because it only returns one kind of card. However, for the time, this was really good recursion. And when you have something that can happen every single turn if you want it to, I think it's always something to at least take note of. It's not bad, it's just not great. Yeah, and the reason why you'd want to take note of this is in a lot of decks, you don't get to recur enchantments. 
And that's the main reason why I'd say this card right. is all right for what it can do. Like, sure, we have Hall of Heliod's Generosity. I would rather that land yeah. every day over this. However, if I'm not using white, I'm not using green, and I can't recur enchantments in any other way, <laughs> right. then, all right, I'm in trouble. The only exception I'd say now would be Breach. Uh, underworld breach. Underworld now, what breach. happens if you want to get your underworld breach back and use it again? Hey, that's where this card comes exactly. Into play, I guess, you can do so. little fun cantrips with that. Yeah. So in red, I could see this being a good bit of viability. Or even blue. Blue has great enchantments, but no way to get them back well, either. And black, same thing. Yeah. You got your grave pack kind of like effects. You have your card draw kind of like yeah. effects. And I mean, heck, you have tons of those enchantment gods. They're awesome, mm -hmm. just in case <laughs> something happens with that. But. So I wanted to note this because it's something any deck can use, and like I said, sometimes you do kind of need this ability. Yeah, and sometimes just having artifacts out, like, I mean, affinity for artifacts is 100% a thing. You could probably get this thing out cheap, lower the cost of the activation ability. Like, there's tons of things with it, or, I mean, again, if you're in blue and you just want good value and just happen to like this card... I mean, you could throw mm. it in an Urza deck. Like, Very true. Wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, now, moving on to my number nine, if we'd be so inclined. Go ahead. My number nine is a card called Whip Her Will. And for this one, I will be reading the Oracle text, so fret <laughs> not. So it is a bird creature, not a whippoorwill. Don't get fooled with that. But it's a bird with a 1-1 body that costs one green mana. And for two green mana, you can go ahead and tap this. Target creature can't be regenerated this turn, and damage that would be dealt to that creature this turn can't be prevented or dealt instead to another permanent or player. Lastly, when this creature dies this turn, exile the creature. So that's a lot to take in for right there, because that is how I read it, a run-on sentence. <laughs> but also... It's a lot to take in. It, damage can't be prevented. Regeneration doesn't work. Okay, but what's the main thing with this? Well, if the creature dies, it's exiled. Green doesn't have a lot of exiling kind of on its own. Like, sure, you pair green with black, you can use stuff like uh, Kalidus, Trader of Get, who will exile any creature that hits the grave. But that's a little bit of a work through. This thing here, if someone goes ahead, they chump block some sort of big stompy green creature you got, all right, tap two in this guy, that creature is then exiled. It's a great way with dealing with the grave without actually having to truly deal with the grave. You have a body out there that can block. It's kind of a brother or sister to Birds of Paradise. Play it out early and just use it when you need to. I guess. Well, the first thing I need to say about this is that it's a bird and it doesn't have flying, flavor fail. Yeah, I, I guess that is kind of like the one thing. Sure, a 1-1 one, one flyer. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. I was waiting for Thanks. that one. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, I mean, a 1-1 one, one for 1, fine. Really interesting ability. Like, it's a, it's a red or a black ability, it feels like, yes. on a green creature. Yes. Uh, it's, a kind of, it's a kind of hate and control that green really doesn't have a, a lot of access to, like grave hate. Sort of maybe, but also like the exile and the preventing, like no damage prevention. It's just really interesting. Not only to, uh, that, but when this card was first printed, regeneration was a much bigger thing. We don't really see regenerate on cards a lot anymore. Here or there. However, some of the biggest problem creatures do have regenerate and they've stuck around over the years. So something like this that can actually nerf regenerate, which I've rarely ever seen any other card do, is really interesting. Yeah, Golgari, Golgari Grave Troll yeah. is actually one of the ones that we still see where regeneration is active. And we also do see Yavamaya Hollow, if you do have an opponent who's yeah. forked out a handful of cash for a land like that, is a problem as well. You're like, well, all right, it's got to die 
twice? Well, now I don't have to worry about that. It's Again, it's a budget option that nobody really sees, especially when they're all trying to crack packs and open up you know, the expensive cards, which there are yeah. some money <laughs> cards in this set. Really? This is a bizarre card, but I like it. Thank I like you. it. So moving on to your number nine, Kyle, what card is this? All right, well, my number nine is called Festival, and we're going to go for another one drop, but this is in mono white. So one drop instant, like I said, and when you cast this card, opponents can't declare an attack during this turn, but you can only cast the card itself during an opponent's upkeep. So what do you kind of break this down to? This is sort of another variation on a fog or a holy day type effect because it stops creatures from taking advantage of the combat phase. Yeah. However, there is a bit of a restriction because it can only be played during an opponent's upkeep. However, it also stops creatures from attacking entirely. It doesn't just prevent damage. It stops any kind of attack triggers from happening, too, by basically not giving them a combat step. And that actually should be something that would blow a whistle for you. Definitely should. Because attack triggers typically have to be countered via some sort of, like, stifle effect. Or a disallow or, or something, yeah. Which is a lot more narrow, and especially if you're not using blue, you really can't handle something like that. You have to kill the creature before it attacks. This would be one of the few ways around it. It's kind of awesome. Like, now you might be thinking, yeah. all right, well, this is, it's not going to work. But there are some telegraph things that are problems, like a NAR set, for example. That's going to sit on the field yeah. if it doesn't have haste. And obviously, the next turn that's coming up, they're going to attack with it. Or a Kalia of the Vast, you know they're going to attack with it. It's like, all right, right, these work in more decks than you can think of because, like, actually, a lot of decks care about attacking. Yeah, so is this really better than a fog? I guess it depends on the situation. It also, you have to be very careful about when you cast it because you know it has to be at the beginning of their turn before they attack. But it could in some ways be almost even better than those cards. Really yeah. interesting little uh, budget option to take note of. And also one thing to note is like Neheb, the Eternal, like that one's all about yeah. I'm attacking and getting a lot of mana. Making it so like their turn is for nothing and you just use one mana for it. Like this is not a sneaky card. And no. that's like the point you're saying. Fogs, sneaky. Yeah. Festival, not so much. It's posted. Everyone knows there's a festival next week. Hmm. So it's kind of like that kind of idea right there. And it, again, I've never really seen this card played and it Me can either. completely hose people, which oh, is yeah. wild. And Xur the Enchanter, actually, is Another a one. great yeah. example of how this is a deck that can host. That is a CEDH commander mm -hmm. right there, and this just puts it in its tracks. <laughs> yeah, so there are options. Always options, which so, is cool. Moving on to my number eight, if you don't mind, Kyle. Go ahead. Now, this is another card that I'm going to be reading from the Oracle text. It is called Safe Haven. Now, this land here, it produces no mana. <laughs> so, it has the ability to go ahead and you can use two generic mana and tap it to exile target creature you control. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, you may sacrifice this land. And if you do, return each card exiled with Safe Haven to the battlefield under its owner's control. So, this is a powerful card in the form of protection if you want to use it defensively on yourself. Somebody's going to kill your commander and you have an exorbitant amount of commander tax right there. I'll lose the land, I'll save the commander, I'll have it re-enter. It's a land that has kind of a flicker or blink effect that you choose when you want to use it. Sort of, and there's actually some more modern cards that actually you know are an improvement on this. Like there was one, it's an artifact, 
Synod something or other. It's like a one-drop artifact that does sort of the same thing. Okay. There's also the land from Amonkhet, Endless Sands, that does this even one better because you can then yeah. choose whenever you want to sacrifice it, and it does make mana as well. I think the fact that this doesn't make mana is normally like a big strike against it. But sure. then again, something like Maze of If doesn't make mana and people still play that. Is this as good as that? Probably not. But still, <laughs> it has its place. It does, but also if you do a lot of stealing permanence, right? Sometimes they return at the end of the turn. Most of the time they do. However, it depends on how your deck is. If you don't want to return a permanent to them, it's like, all right, I got my uses out of it, and it's still a problem on the board, this can be an out to that card. And However, it does give it back to them if you sacrifice it. So, But you're not obligated to do that. They'd have to mind slaver you or something else like that for that to be the case, or political plays. So this is an interesting card where it's like, okay, you can go ahead and make it so it's a fallback plan if you really need it to be that. Yeah, it, it could be. So... I don't know that I would necessarily, you know, go out of my way to include this in a deck, but it's it's another interesting budget option that I really haven't seen a lot of people take advantage of. Yeah. But moving on to your number eight, Kyle, what do you got? All right. Well, my number eight, we're going to stay in white for now because I'm going with Martyr's Cry. This is a sorcery now, and it's a two-drop double white. All white creatures are the exiled when you cast this card. Players then must draw one card for each white creature they control that got exiled. Really, really interesting here. So we, we know, all of us, I think, understand that one thing that white desperately needs is card draw. And this, honestly, might be one of the better tools for white card draw that I have seen. It depends, because... Are they tokens? If they're token creatures, yeah, by golly. Like, well, I'd rather well, pay I, this. Where you're in white, I think it's pretty safe to assume you'd be playing a lot of tokens most of the time. Not always. But also, this is a great hoser on opponent's cards as well. They, yeah. sure, will draw cards from it. However, it's like almost a widespread path to exile or sword to plowshares. It could be. I mean, if you're really into color hate, it could be. But I think of it much more as potential draw for token-based decks. Sure. That, I mean, there you could be... I mean, I've seen your Rise the Redeem deck pump out a ton of tokens. This could be a crazy amount of card draw. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes taking away someone's army and giving them a whole bunch of cards, they'd rather keep the army than draw cards. So it can actually be a bane of a deck like that. And it, yeah, it's a pretty good thing. And also, just to point out there, Painter Servant with this... Yeah. That right there just exiles the whole board. And that's like a four mana swing right there, four or five yep. mana swing. It's not too bad, not too shabby for something like that. Yeah, definitely. This was like a really off-the-wall card, and I saw it. It's one of those where, like, it does what? Yeah. It In what color? It's so, really not that bad. <laughs> when you look back at some of these old cards, you're shocked at what the color pie used to look like. In that pretty much anything goes, I feel like. But. Yeah. Hey, sometimes you can take advantage of that. Yeah, it's not too bad. And yeah, not bad for a special budget option that's like removal, yeah. card draw, and all that for just two mana. I'll take it. All right. Well, what's your next card? So, so my lucky number seven is going to be a card called Cave People. It's a very <laughs> generic name. <laughs> but I'll read the oracle for this one as well. Uh, Cave People costs three mana. It is one generic and a double red for a human creature. And it has a 1-4 body. So whenever cave people attacks, it gets plus one, minus two until the end of the turn, but also it has a tap ability for one generic and double red. Target creature gains mountain walk until the end of the turn. So this is not a creature that's going to be attacking. It'll mm. be maybe blocking for you, but the main idea of this thing is to make it so that some sort of creature is swinging and swinging big. 
we yeah. used to see land walk abilities on cards and excluding like trailblazer boots which is like the one thing that can open give unbasic land yeah. walk pretty much yeah non-basic land walk is a pretty good thing to have this is great and especially in red we have blood moon we have magus of the moon so being able to make it so something has mountain walk will be super easy and this can work in a political sense with your opponents Absolutely, it can. Like, we remember one of the original Goblin Lords, Goblin King, gave all your goblins mountain walk. Yeah, and that's actually, card. like, still today, very, very strong potential. Oh, yes. But goblins never were not powerful. That yeah. card just gave it a nice little cherry on top for just lethality. Yeah, interesting card, but you obviously don't really want to be attacking with this because it's either no. a 1-4 on defense or a 2-2 two, two on offense. That's not really that good. Well, a 1-4 blocker still isn't horrible. No, it that, that's, that's a fine, good bit. But, but again, yeah. you have to make it so it'll tap, so if you're using it for the attack, it still won't be a blocker. Right. But for three mana having this effect, and again, red has haste, probably getting the effect the turn it enters. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, just something I've never really seen. And again, human card. If this was a goblin definitely be money probably would be better yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know we'll take it so moving on to your number seven kyle what we got? all right well my number seven is going to be banshee so this is a black creature costs four mana to play two colorless double black it is a zero one spirit so it has an ability that says x mana and tap it banshee does half of x damage rounded down to any target and the other half of x rounded up to you. So this is kind of a weirdly, again, weirdly worded. I definitely had to look up the oracle text yeah. on this one. <laughs> but an interesting card. Obviously, the body is not what you're going for here, a zero one for four mana. But we've talked before about the power of like multiplicative fireball type oh, effects. Yeah. So fireball in red is obviously a good card. We've talked about how a squall line in green is the green fireball. Now here's the black fireball, and it's on a creature's body, no less. Uh, how awesome is that? Yeah, the only thing is that this is a one-shot effect, which is the issue with this. Like, you're obviously going to lose this creature when you use this effect, which is the downside. How so? Doesn't it do damage to itself? No, it's to any target. That's oh, the beauty of then it. I take that back. For However, my you are doing it. You are doing damage to yourself. To yourself, every time my bad. You use it. Yeah, so there is a limited scope for what it can do. Yes. However, black has a lot of life gain abilities. Also, a lot of life drain abilities. Yeah, well, and on itself. Right. So if you're gonna, so if you're gonna like pay lots of life to lower somebody else's life. I mean, that, that seems pretty much like right in Black's wheelhouse, and we all know that Black with Cabal Coffers and Urborg and Dark Rituals and all of that stuff can make a ton of mana. Sure. So, again, seems like yet another color has access to Fireball, and that's never a bad thing, really. It's a telegraphed punch, hmm. but it's a punch nonetheless, and actually for how it's worded, it can actually still hit Planeswalkers, which is really it good. It absolutely can. Yeah. So being able to go ahead and have a creature that can hurt players, hurt Planeswalkers, is, get rid of any problem creature you want, really? Yeah, it, it pretty much can get rid of anything except for artifacts and, of course, enchantments. Yeah. So it's really, really refreshing in that regard. And, yeah, I like it. I think there's nothing truly wrong with this well, card. Very off-the-beaten-track card, but one that I will definitely consider going forward. It just has a very fragile body, and yeah, that's, that's the, the only problem. problem with it. Yeah, but I do like it. Thank you, I'm glad. So moving on to my number six and my final card for this video, we are looking at an enchantment called Gaia's Touch. Now, this is a card 
I love. I've loved this forever, and I don't have the Oracle up yet, so I do apologize. Well, I was still looking at this card, too, and I totally forgot this existed, but then again, I was looking at it, and I was like, wow, this is really, really good. So and it's not even a money card. It is what? not. So this is what this card does. It is a two-drop enchantment for double green, and it reads, you may play an additional land during your turn if it is a basic forest. And secondly, you can go ahead and sacrifice guys touched to gain two green mana to your mana pool. So this is a card that pretty much enables you to play additional lands. And this is going to be more in solely greens well roundhouse because obviously it has to be a forest for this to be the case for it. It has to be a basic mm -hmm. forest. So again, you have to be using a lot of basic forests for this to work. But not only does it accelerate your land boost for your turn, you also can get extra mana down the line if you don't need this card. And we really don't see that with certain things. Like, sure, Lotus Cobra gives you mana. Yeah. You go ahead, you play Exploration. Gives you extra, like, lands into play. But when you don't need them in the late game or anything else like that, it just feels bad. This can give you a pump to make it so your commander comes out earlier. Like, turn two... You have two mana. Turn three, now you have five. That's yeah, awesome. Exactly. That is a huge boost. And the fact that this is an enchantment makes it, you know, potentially even better because you can get it back. You can use it again much more oh, totally, easily yeah. than like an instant or a sorcery in these colors, for example. Again, like I said, this is one of those that I was like, wow, this is actually legitimately really good. And if you hadn't picked it, I probably would have picked this one too. This has been on my wow. radar for quite some time. I haven't been able to use it because I haven't had a mono green deck pretty much. And I've been thinking about like trying to make Patron of the Orochi work mm -hmm. with this because it's just everything that that commander wants. It speeds up the deck. It's all mono green. It cares about untapping forests and green permanence. And I've been trying to make a deck for that to work. Haven't been able to do it, so that'll be a little quick challenge I'll throw out to you guys, so. If you could make that deck on tapped or whatever, just throw it in the comments down below. I would love to check it out, exchange notes. I can send you my deck list and you can let me know what you think and everything else like that, and we can get this guy going. If I was gonna do it, I would actually play Nissa Vastwood Seer. When she, whoever she enters the battlefield, you work. get a basic forest to your hands. You're automatically guaranteed to be able to play an extra land with this. That That's be. what I would do right offhand. Well, I'm just talking about Patron of the Orochi. Well, I know, but there's a lot of options you could do. But yeah, I mean, mono green deck, I think this is a windmill slam dunk staple every time. That's just yeah. me. Priest of Titania, not Priest of Titania, uh, Titania itself. Right, yeah, that's Be it. Be phenomenal. Any of the Omnaths that we have thing. seen. Like, if you're playing Mono Green, why are you not playing this? Yeah, really? That, or Landfall You have no decks. excuse. But Landfall has seen a huge support recently, and this is still a card. Wasn't reprinted for the new stuff that we yeah. saw come from Zendikar. And it's just something, again, it's never been reprinted. It's just an amazing card. Well, I gotta get one, I know that. <laughs> well, thanks. Now, moving on to number six. Well, my number six, last one for this video, is also actually themed around Mana Ramp and a slightly weirder color for it. We got Apprentice Wizard here. And this is one that will be familiar to many players because it has been reprinted a large number of times. It is a wizard, a 0-1 for three mana, one colorless, two blue, and you can tap one blue and him to give you three colorless mana. And you can use that ability whenever you want, obviously. So blue... <laughs> Thanks for adding yeah, that little the, the bit the interrupt the part always throws me <laughs> off, yeah. But blue, of course, is one of those colors that doesn't really have access to great ramp aside from maybe like high tide and a lot of artifacts. I needs ramp. good ramp. Those are rituals. Well, it just needs good ramp. And having that kind of ramp available on a body with a really solid creature type is pretty good to have. I mean, you're essentially tapping this guy 
for two mana per turn, really. He gives you You're two extra too. mana, has to be colorless. But still, that's pretty good. I mean, we've compared it. You know, we can, can't really compare it to the last card because I think that card is phenomenal and this one is just Thank you. okay. But still, for a, for a color that doesn't really have I access to solid compliment from Kyle? Man, I'm taking it. Hey, rarely happens. Enjoy it. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> relishing in the moment. But, yeah, I mean... I can't really say a whole lot more about this other than the number of times that it's been reprinted shows how good it is and that there is still interest. So, yeah, I mean, I'll take it. We Ramp and blue, just saw it in uh, Double Masters as another reprint. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it, you can use shenanigans for this to untap it again, get more mana. Like oh, we yeah, see that in blue, can. tons of those kind of things. Uh, when you go ahead and you add this with, like, the elemental that makes it so it produces three times the amount, getting mm -hmm. nine generic mm -hmm. mana is pretty good. So when yeah. you put this in different colors, it still has a certain je ne sais quoi, which is <laughs> phenomenal. And honestly, I like it. It's, an, it's a mana dork, but the reach of this mana dork, typically you see it in green, where it's, like, something that produces three mm -hmm. mana or two. Yeah. yeah, blue doesn't really get that. And it's definitely something to note because it's well outside of its color box. Yeah, and budget options, so keep it on the radar for sure. So that is gonna conclude our part one for our hidden gems that we found in the dark with the lights on, ironically. <laughs> so our second set of video will come out soon, which will be uh, the top, top, top hidden gems that we found, numbers five through one, that again, weren't part of the 10 most expensive cards in this set. Yes, indeed, and they are just as interesting, let me tell you. So until then, you could find us all over social media, so you can find us on Reddit. We've got a tapped out page where we have all of our cool deck lists. We've got fa pages on Facebook and Twitter, and you can find us all at the handle The Card Pool. On Right. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> so until then, I'm Stu. And I'm Kyle. And we'll, we'll see, see you next time at the card pool. Okay, guys, touch, dude. I, I didn't think you didn't know that card before. No, I really didn't. But wow. It's awesome. I, yeah. Years I've been trying to use it. Hey, yeah, I, I love it. Count me in. <laughs>